up everybody happy monday today is monday the 6th of september 2021 the year is rapidly coming to a close um it's been a while since i did a show had a lot of stuff going on family visiting and you know this that and the other so uh you know plus i went back to work i had to do a little bit of traveling stuff for work um i did not take the podcast on the road because unlike the previous times that I was able to do it this time I did not have time um, I'm actually going out of town again in a couple of weeks um, we'll see the problem is mainly because uh, I have to bring additional equipment with me and you know because my job is paying for me to travel I don't have like too much of a weight allowance um, but we'll see what what happens with this this next trip that I'll be taking I'm gonna apologize um, it's Monday Everybody's off today because today's a holiday here in the U.S. It's Labor Day, and it seems like everybody in my neighborhood has decided that they want to cut grass and drill and saw stuff in the neighborhood, whatever, or they're working on their projects. So apologize for the, any background noise. Plus, my kids are in the next two rooms, and they're playing their virtual reality things together. Just a whole bunch of stuff going on at the moment. So um, I hope you guys have you know had a good august uh, i basically didn't talk to you guys for almost an entire month um there's a lot going on in the world of football all these crazy transfers that have happened you know messi and ronaldo going back to man U, and then lukaku going back to chelsea all this other crazy stuff that's that's happened um the transfer window obviously closed like a week ago um you know, there's some big moves that were supposed to happen that did not happen. Some crazy stuff that seemed to happen just so the players could get, you know, specific jersey numbers. Um, Mbappe is still in Paris. Um, PSG seemed like they gave up on some money. Um, but I'll, I'll get into all of that later. Um, so recently, I actually have I've been able to go to two San Antonio games. Um, luckily they won both of them. Uh, the, the last one that I went to though, um, I forget who they were playing. I, I don't remember now. I think it was, it wasn't New Mexico United. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter because the other team was, was pretty whatever. Um, but they were on top of the division. Um, both teams played really well and at halftime San Antonio was up one to zero. It was just me and my boys my wife and my daughter, who was visiting, uh, they went to go to the movies together. Um, so it was just me and the boys. Not a whole lot of people in the stadium. We went to go see the game. It was great. 1-0 at halftime. I missed the first goal because I went to the concession stand to go get some drinks or whatever. I came back, uh, and then you know it was halftime. And I said to the boys, I said, the game is going to end 2-1. to one. San Antonio is going to score one more goal. So... Game goes on, the other team scores, you know, not a big deal, whatever. And I think it was in the 90 plus one or two minutes. Cause I think, I think they put on three extra minutes at the end and San Antonio scored this, this ridiculously good goal, um, to win the game, the whole stadium. I mean, the stadium was probably like no exaggeration. It was probably only like 30% full, but you know, it doesn't matter if there's two people in there or if the stadium is packed. The fans are making a whole bunch of noise. Everybody was excited. There was a fight at the end of the, the match between the players. Uh, it was just it was just a, an overall like really good game. Oh, it was El Paso. That's right, El Paso Locomotive. So it was like a Texas Derby match. Um, 
and El Paso was on top of the league at the time. You know, two or three games have happened since then, so I don't know what the what the standings are now. But it was it was it was a great game, great atmosphere. The goals that were scored were amazing. You know, there was some some yellow cards. There was a lot of jaw jacking going on between the players. Um, it was definitely, I can honestly say, it was probably the most exciting game that I've attended ever. Um, you know, I've seen some good games where you know. Stuttgart is one, you know, three to zero or whatever. Um, but that was probably the, definitely the game that where the home team, the team I was supporting, uh, won it at the last minute. And that's definitely the latest goal that I think I've ever seen scored uh, in person. So um, it, it was it was an exciting game. You know, it is it's USL, so it's below MLS, so it's like second tier here. But um, and, you know, if you compare it, it's probably on, like, the level of, like, I would say maybe League Two in in the UK, maybe. Um, but it doesn't matter. It was, it was a great game to watch. Had a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping to go see them play again. Now, the next game that, that I'm definitely going to go to, I can't say that I won't go see San Antonio, um, you know, between now and the start of October. But on October 7th, I will be making the trek up to Austin to go see the U.S. host Jamaica in World Cup qualifying. So, you know, we're kind of in the middle of an international break right now. But the next one, because, you know, it's always like this season starts, league season starts. And then uh, there's an international break in September. There's an international break in October. And then there's one in November. And, you know, there's it's just all over the place. Players jumping around and blah, blah, blah. But um, we'll be going to see that match in Austin, October 7th, um, looking forward to it. And here's something that's really crazy. So I had to enter like a, a lottery basically in order to be able to get tickets. I can only get four tickets. So it'll just be me and the boys again. And, um, I told a friend of mine that I was going to the game and he was like, Oh, okay. You know, his son had put in for the, the drawing or whatever to try to get tickets. So we both were successful in the drawing. I get my tickets and then he tells me, yeah, his son just got the email or whatever. So he got his tickets. And then he sends me an email. He's like, hey, where are you sitting? And I'm like, oh, I'm sitting here in this row. You know, we got seats one through four or whatever. And he's like, no crap. They're sitting the row directly behind us, seats one through four, which is like, it'll be pretty crazy, you know, being able to uh, sit there and watch the game, you know, with my boys and then with a friend of mine from work and then his kids. So that'll, that'll be something that I'm definitely looking forward to, you know. Um, it, it'll be my first time seeing the U.S. play uh, in person. I've never never done that. You know, I've seen Germany and France play. This is only my second ever national team match. Um, so it'll definitely be interesting. It's something I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to. I'm pretty excited about, as you can tell. Uh, and, you know, because it's close to home, it's only an hour away, the drive. So now the one thing that does suck is that it's on like a Thursday. So I'm pretty sure that that Friday I'm going to have to work. But we'll see. You know, I got I got some, some hours that I can take. Uh, so maybe I'll leave out of there early and um, be able to catch the game. Maybe, you know, even see a little bit of Austin because I haven't been to Austin in over like 20 years now that I think about it. So, um, you know, we'll see. It'd be, be interesting. Like I said, I'm excited about it. So, all right. So let's get into this. Like I said, a lot, a lot has happened since the last time I talked to you guys. I was originally planning on talking about some of the, the league results that have happened. Um, a lot of the tables I'm not going to touch because it's too early in the season. Nobody really cares about the table until you get to like eight games in. 
then you know, I'll say six to eight games in, then that's when it really, really, really matters. Um, so I'm just going to go over the three uh, European competitions, the Champions League, Europa League, plus the new Europa Conference League, the teams that have um, been drawn, teams that are, you know, I'm going to go by group, which teams are in which, and let's just jump right into it. All right, so um, Europa Conference League, it's this new tournament, new UEFA tournament, UEFA club tournament. Um, it's essentially to give some of the teams that miss out on the Europa League the opportunity to play within a European competition. So this is not going to be like a top tier type competition. It, it'll probably you know still be great to watch, uh, but you're not going to see a whole lot of big names unless they're teams that uh, you know you're used to hearing about that may just have missed out on uh, Europa League um, and definitely Champions League. Some of these names will be familiar. Some of them, not at all. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. Some of these names, I may not even be able to pronounce, to be honest with you. All right. So Group A, we got Lask from Austria, uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv from Israel, and then Alashkert from Armenia, and HJK from Finland. Group B, we got Ghent from Belgium, Partisan from Serbia, uh, what is this? Flora from Estonia. And then this name I'm going to destroy, but they're from Cyprus. Um, Anorthosis Famagusta. Man, try saying that three times fast. I'm going to have to do some research on that team. Obviously, they're from Cyprus, but I've never heard of them before. All right. Um, group C, you got Roma. So you'll have <laughs> Jose Mourinho playing in the Europa Conference League, which will be pretty interesting i guess um you got zora luhansk from the ukraine cska sofia from bulgaria and then i think this is bodo glemt from norway all right group d you got azed from the netherlands uh, cfr klug from romania glabonek from the czech republic and randers from denmark group e slavia prague from the czech republic feyenoord from the netherlands Union Berlin from Germany, and then Maccabi Haifa from Israel. Group F, you got Copenhagen from Denmark, uh, PAOK from Greece, Slovan Bratislava from Slovakia, and then the Lincoln Red Imps from Gibraltar. They have they have a pretty big uh, support group. Like I don't know why I think it's because of their name, um, and you know they're from a tiny tiny country. Um, but the Red Imps playing in a European competition. It's pretty wild. All right, Group G, got Tottenham Hotspur from England, Rene from France, Vitesse from the Netherlands, and Mora from Slovenia. Group H, got Basel from Switzerland, Quarabag from Azerbaijan, Kairat from Kazakhstan, and Omenia from Cyprus. So those are the teams from the Europa Conference League. I'm going to say right now, just looking at this group, uh, not group, but this this competition. Just looking at it, I'm seeing uh, Basel, Tottenham, Roma, Azed, Ghent, and possibly Feyenoord are going to be the favorites to win that. Honestly, I would think that Tottenham would definitely be the favorite to win it. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. They may be able to just run through this competition, but... You know, anything can happen, crazy stuff, COVID protocols, 
you know, there's there's never any guarantee that uh, a team is going to perform the way that you think they will, just based off of a name and you know historical precedents. So, but I'm going to say Tottenham Roma in the final if it's possible because you know the, the draw later on. Um, plus, keep in mind there are going to be teams from the Europa League that finish in third in their groups that are going to drop down into this. So that there's a possibility for anything to happen. All right. Speaking of Europa League, here's what we got. Group A, we got Lyon from France, Rangers from Scotland, Sparta Prague from the Czech Republic, and Bronby from Denmark. Group B, Monaco from France, PSV Eindhoven from the Netherlands, Real Sociedad from Spain, and then Storm Graz from Austria. Group C, Napoli from Italy, Leicester City from England, Spartak Moscow from Russia, and Legia, Legia Warsaw. I almost pronounced that like a German. I was going to say Warsaw, but Legia Warsaw from Poland. Group D, Olympiakos from Greece, Eintracht Frankfurt from Germany, Fenerbahce from Turkey, and then Antwerp from Belgium. Group E, got Lazio from Italy, Lokomotiv Moscow from Russia, Marseille from France, Galatasaray from Turkey. Group F, you got Braga from Portugal, Red Star Belgrade from Serbia, Ludogorets from Bulgaria, and Mitiglan from Denmark. Group G, Bayer Leverkusen from Germany, Celtic from Scotland, Real Betis from Spain, and Ferencarvos from Hungary. Group H, Dynamo Zagreb from Croatia, Genk from Belgium, West Ham United from England, and then Rapid Vienna from Austria. So I know what I just said about the Europa Conference League and how Tottenham will probably win it, but now looking at this group of teams that's going to fall down um, into uh, the, the third place finishers in the group are going to drop down into the Europa Conference League. So I'm actually probably going to say that a team from this group, from the Europa League that finishes third, they're probably going to end up winning it. Because, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of decent teams here. Ugh, who knows? So I'm either going to say that Tottenham or a team from the Europa League that drops down. It's just always it's always so hard to, to predict that. I wonder how the, the sports betting people do that. Um, I need to look into that. Not that that matters. And actually, to be totally honest with you, I, I kind of hate how they do that with sports in the U.S. now. Uh, especially, like, on ESPN. They'll put, like betting stuff on sports talk shows like while they're you know reviewing the up, upcoming games or whatever I, I can't stand how they put the betting odds on that that's something like that would never would have happened when i was younger a lot of money in sports but whatever all right um here's the the final draw for the um, uefa champions league in group a we got manchester city paris saint germain rb leipzig and club brugge Group B, we got Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, Porto, and AC Milan. Group C, we got Sporting, Borussia Dortmund, Ajax, and Besiktas. Group D, we got Inter, Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Sheriff Tiraspol. Group E, we got Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Benfica, and Dynamo Kiev. Group F, Villarreal, Manchester United, 
Atalanta, Young Boys, Group G, Lille, Sevilla, Red Bull Salzburg, and Wolfsburg. And then finally, Group H, you got Chelsea, Juventus, Zenit St. Petersburg, and Malmo. So, Champions League is a little bit easier to be able to determine who is probably going to win it. So, in the lead up to you know the draw and the final qualification matches for the Champions League, there was still a lot going on as far as transfers. We knew that Messi was leaving Barcelona, um, and you know obviously now we know that he is a member of Paris Saint Germain. Um, Man City was trying to, you know, I guess Ronaldo was in discussions with Man City to potentially go there, even though obviously he had a history with Manchester United. Um, so people were saying that PSG is definitely going to win the Champions League. And now Ronaldo going to United has kind of shifted that a little bit, probably because there was other moves that were, um, you know, potentially dependent on where Cristiano Ronaldo landed. Um, if he did go to Man City, would Paul Pogba have left? Would Cavani have had to, you know, step up and play a larger role? Would they have gotten rid of Dan James like they did? Here's the crazy thing about Manchester United. And when I saw this in the in the news, it, it was kind of weird to, to read about. But when Ronaldo decided not to go to City and decided to go to United, um, apparently right after Cavani, who was wearing number seven, said, I'm going to give up number seven to Ronaldo. Cool. You know, he's one of the biggest players ever. Um, and Cavani for... Uruguay wears number 21. Now, the problem was Dan James was wearing number 21 for Man United. So, all of a sudden, Dan James, who a couple of seasons ago was supposed to actually go to Leeds while he was at uh, Swansea, um, his name pops up as him possibly going to, uh, to Leeds. And it was speculated that, that move was happening because they needed to free up the number 21 shirt in order to be able to give it to Cavani so Cavani could give the number seven to Ronaldo. And that is exactly what happened. Now, that I think that's a huge pickup for, for Leeds. You know, they, they got the man that they tried to get a couple of seasons ago, but the American owners of Swansea didn't want to let James go to Leeds. He ended up he ended up leaving, going to Man United. Now, according to reports, Manchester United paid about 28 million euros for Cristiano Ronaldo, which is the exact same price that Leeds paid to Man U to get Dan James. So, you know, ultimately, it, the whole thing sort of worked out. And basically, Manchester United got their prodigal son back to the city where his career really, really took off, even though it was his second club, because uh, he was at Sporting. Um, and they basically got him for nothing. Yes, they, they lost some speed in, in Dan James, um, but ultimately he ended up going to a club that he really wanted to go to a couple of years ago, but the owners of Swansea didn't want to let that move happen. So, But that whole jersey numbers thing was just kind of weird, and it was kind of funny the way that it, the way that it worked out, because UEFA has these rules about players being able to change numbers, and you can only do it if a player is sold, and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, but ultimately it worked out. Um, on the other side of the huge transfer of the summer, even though it wasn't really a transfer because he left for free, but uh, Messi going to PSG from Barcelona 
obviously Neymar was wearing the number 10 shirt. Messi and Neymar are like really tight. So Messi decides, hey, I'm going to wear the number 30 shirt. I'm not going to try to take the number 10 from you. You know, you got here before me, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Last week, before the transfer window was closing, Real Madrid made a bid for Mbappe. I think it was like 200, I think it was 200 million euros. It might have been 220 million euros. Now, he only has one year left on his deal. He has not signed a new deal with PSG. Um, So next summer, he can leave on a free. But PSG apparently has so much money that they're like, nah, we're not we're not taking 200 200 to 220 million euros to let Mbappe go. We're going to keep him here. Um, He's still scoring for the team. I believe they're on top of league right now. Um, But is that going to affect his performance later on? Obviously, he wants to go to Real Madrid. Obviously, if you make the bid that high, Real Madrid really, really want him to come. Um, But it could have also just been Real Madrid posturing because I don't think they have that money to be able to pay PSG. Obviously, they don't put that money forward, um, those payments forward immediately. Like they're not saying, hey, here's 220 million euro. Bam, it's in PSG's accounts or whatever. That money is spread out over a while. Um, Now, a team like PSG could probably do that or Man City or Chelsea. They could probably drop that amount of money because they're supported by billion dollar owners and wealth funds and, you know, whatever else. But Real Madrid, just like Barcelona, they're in a lot of debt. So maybe it's better that Mbappe does come to them on a free because then they can, you know, entice him with a bigger contract because they didn't have to pay money uh, just to purchase his his license. So um, it'll it'll be good to see how that plays out, uh, you know six months in or excuse me with six months remaining on his contract Mbappe will be able to you know sign like a pre-conditional contract with whatever team um he's always talked about going to Real Madrid I guess that's his dream club or whatever um and he will go there and be the star he'll be not only the star of the team but he'll be the star of the league which you know I mean 23 I think he'll be by then that that's pretty huge to be able to uh, to have that and essentially have an entire league where everybody's everybody's looking at you and you know for Real Madrid that's good too because that'll you know put them back in the spotlight um, ever since the whole European Super League them and Barcelona people kind of been looking down them you know looking down on them um, it'll it'll benefit them ultimately in the end but we'll see we will see what happens so. Uh, let's see. The other big transfer, I guess, that happened was Lukaku going back to Chelsea. He scored in his debut. Um, I think it was 115 million that uh, Chelsea paid to bring him back. Um, obviously, it's looking like money well spent, and he's happy to be back there. Obviously, uh, let's see. Antoine Griezmann. <laughs> he just left Barcelona last week. Went back to Atletico Madrid on a loan with a option to buy, or a, it's like a loan with potential conditions to buy um barcelona bought him for a hundred and something million and if atletico do decide to buy him which they would be you know foolish not to um they'll end up only spending like 40 million which is crazy barcelona has kind of been decimated i mean they had a lot of old players now their star player is gone 
the guy that they brought in to you know essentially replace Messi is gone. Suarez, who was there two seasons ago, is gone. And they're essentially in financial, I don't want to say ruin, but they're definitely between a rock and a hard place financially. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how they bounce back from that. You know, Barcelona, just like my New England Patriots in the the professional American Football League here, they're about to come up on some lean times. Um, they may not win anything for a while. You know, they might have to go back to depending on La Masia, their their academy, in order to bring up, you know, solid youth players like they did with Messi and Iniesta and, you know, a whole bunch of others and uh, depend on that moving forward. You know, Barcelona 15 years ago wasn't really a club that was going out and buying players too much. I mean, they would do it, but they weren't dependent on it like it would seem like they are now. Ugh. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, I am interested. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be making his debut for Manchester United next Saturday, Saturday, September 11th. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Messi has already made his debut, even though he came off the bench um, for PSG last weekend um, or last week. Um, he entered the game and then he had, I think he only played like 18 minutes or something like that, but he was fouled more than any other player uh, total in you know the 20 minutes that he did play in the game. Um, it, I'm assuming it's just a different style of play of the game in France he's going to have to get used to. Maybe it'll be a little bit more open for him. I am interested to see how much the Premier League has changed from when Ronaldo left and how he's going to be able to adjust to that. You know, the Premier League is considered not to be as defensive as Serie A, but it is a little bit more physical. Um, and Ronaldo, obviously, is not the Ronaldo of 2007-8. Um, so we'll, uh, I don't know, we'll see how that how that works. He's not as fast as he used to be, um, but obviously he's going to come out, try to, you know, get the crowd going, flex his muscle. I think they're playing Newcastle United at Old Trafford. Should be an interesting game. I, that game, there's gonna be a lot of people watching that game because I'm pretty sure he's gonna start. He actually left. Uh, he was on international duty. Uh, he left the Portuguese camp early so that he could go to England so that he could do the mandatory five-day quarantine before he could train with the team. I think that'll be up on either Wednesday or Thursday. I think Wednesday. Um, so I, I fully intend to see him starting on Saturday um, again in that game against Newcastle United. So should be interesting. All right. So as I mentioned, we are in the middle of an international break started last Wednesday. Um, so I'm just going to run through these scores really quick. Um, there's a lot of them. Um, I'll be covering, let's see, Asian Confederation, CONCACAF, UEFA, and CAF, and Comable, uh the OFC. They have decided that they're going to push their World Cup qualifying to, I believe, January or February, um, you know, due to COVID. Uh, even though for the longest time, it seemed like they had COVID under control, especially in like New Zealand. But I guess now they're kind of having like a little bit of an outbreak. Uh, I still think they're probably doing better than we are here in the U.S., especially here in Texas. Um, but, and, you know, they have you know much fewer uh, number of, of countries that would be qualifying. Um so yeah, all right, so last Wednesday, 
uh, and CAF, the Asian Confederation. We had Central African Republic and Cape Verde play to a 1-1 draw. Guinea-Bissau and Guinea played to a 1-1 draw. It was Senegal over Togo 2-0. Libya beat Gabon 2-1. Mali defeated Rwanda 1-0. And it was Egypt 1, Angola 0. Um, for UEFA, Kazakhstan and the Ukraine played to a 2-2 draw. Denmark 2, Scotland 0. Israel defeated the Faroe Islands 4-0. Latvia defeated Gibraltar 3-1. Luxembourg 2, Azerbaijan 1. Malta 3, Cyprus 0. Austria defeated Moldova 2-0. The Netherlands and Norway played to a 1-1 draw. Portugal 2, Ireland 1. Russia and Croatia played to a 0-0 draw. Slovenia and Slovakia played to a 1-1 draw. And then Turkey and Montenegro played to a 2-2 draw. Thursday, September 2nd, in the AFC, it was Japan 0, Oman 1. South Korea and Iraq played to a 0-0 draw. Iran 1, Syria 0. United Arab Emirates and Lebanon played to a 0-0 draw. Australia defeated China 3-0. And then Saudi Arabia defeated Vietnam 3-1. Let's see, in CAF, Democratic Republic of Congo 1, Tanzania 1. Kenya and Uganda played to a 0-0 draw. Madagascar 0, Benin 1. Namibia and Congo played to a 1-1 draw. Burkina Faso 2, Niger 0. Algeria destroyed Djibouti 8-0. Morocco 2, Sudan 0. In UEFA, Georgia 0, Kosovo 1. Andorra defeated San Marino 2-0. Czech Republic 1, Belarus 0. Belgium defeated Estonia 5-2. Excuse me. Hungary 0, England 4. Iceland fell to Romania 2-0. Italy and Bulgaria played to a 1-1 draw. Liechtenstein 0, Germany 2. Lithuania 1, Northern Ireland 4. North Macedonia, North Macedonia, excuse me, and Armenia played to a 0-0 draw. It was Poland 4, Albania 1, Sweden 2, Spain 1. In Conmebol, it was Bolivia and Colombia playing to a 1-1 draw. Ecuador defeated Paraguay 2-0. Argentina defeated Venezuela 3-1. Brazil beat Chile 1-0. And then Peru and Uruguay played to a 1-1 draw. In CONCACAF, Canada and Honduras played to a 1-1 draw. Panama and Costa Rica 0-0 draw, Mexico 2, Jamaica 1, and El Salvador and the U.S. played to a 0-0 draw. This past Friday in CAF, Mozambique and Ivory Coast played to a 0-0 draw, Zimbabwe 0, South Africa 0, Mauritania 1, Zambia 2, Nigeria defeated Liberia 2-0, Cameroon defeated Malawi 2-0, Ghana 1, Ethiopia 0, Tunisia, 3, Equatorial Guinea, 0. On Saturday the 4th, UEFA, it was Cyprus, 0, Russia, 2. Finland defeated Kazakhstan, 1-0. Ireland and Azerbaijan played a 1-1 draw. Norway, 2, Latvia, 0. Serbia, 4, Luxembourg, 1. Slovenia, 1, Malta, 0. Faroe Islands, 0, Denmark, 1. Gibraltar, 0. Turkey, 3. 
Israel defeated Austria 5-2. The Netherlands 4, Montenegro 0. Scotland defeated Moldova 1-0. Slovakia 0, Croatia 1. And the Ukraine and France played to a 1-1 draw. So, yesterday, Sunday the 5th, in UEFA, Belarus 2, Wales 3. Albania 1, Hungary 0. Bulgaria 1, Lithuania 0. England defeated Andorra 4-0. Iceland and North Macedonia played to a 2-2 draw. Belgium 3, Czech Republic 0. Germany 6, Armenia 0. Kosovo and Greece played to a 1-1 draw. Romania 2, Liechtenstein 0. Poland defeated San Marino 7-1. Spain 4, Georgia 0. Switzerland and Italy played to a 0-0 draw. Back to Africa, Rwanda and Kenya played to a 1-1 draw. Namibia defeated Togo 1-0. And then Gabon. And Egypt played to a 1-1 draw. In Conmebol, Ecuador 0, Chile 0, Paraguay and Colombia 1-1, Uruguay 4, Bolivia 2, Peru 1, Venezuela 0. Now I'm going to take a quick break right here because there was some drama in the match between Brazil and Argentina. So we don't know all the circumstances right now. We don't know if... Um, Brazil is just still being a little salty about losing the Copa America. However, this game was suspended. I don't believe it was postponed. I don't know how it's going to play out. Um, I guess FIFA was supposed to make some type of determination or release some type of statement today. But the game was being played. And then all of a sudden, uh, Brazilian health officials like stepped out onto the pitch to stop the game, saying that uh, there were four Argentinian players that play in the Premier League that violated uh, Brazil's COVID protocols and that they were not allowed to be there, apparently. Uh, Messi came out and said, yo, we've been here for like X amount of days. Why didn't you guys say something before this? Why do you wait until the players are on the pitch? Game is ongoing. And then they step out there to try to stop the game, which they were successful in doing. The game was um, suspended. So, and you know, there's further games that are gonna have to take place so who knows when this game is gonna be is gonna be replayed? We have no idea. But that was one of the most bizarre things that I think anybody has seen. <laughs> I don't think something like that would happen in Europe. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty wild how that uh, how that happened. All right, back to Concacaf. Uh, Jamaica zero, Panama three, Costa Rica zero, Mexico one. El Salvador and Honduras played to a zero zero draw. The U.S. and Canada played to Uh, 1-1 draw and today the matches that have happened already before I started recording um, Benin and the Democratic Republic of Congo played to a 1-1 draw Djibouti fell to Niger 4-2 Uganda and Mali played to a 0-0 draw so there are still uh, quite a few more games that are going to happen the final day of the international break will be on Thursday um the 9th of September, but I believe on that day it's only um, CONCACAF and Kamebol playing. Um, the UEFA matches, those will end on Wednesday because Premier League kicks back off on Saturday. I believe the Bundesliga also, they'll be playing again on Saturday or even on Friday. Um, so, yeah, so next week I'll give you guys like the breakdowns on standings and everything for each one of the qualification groups for World Cup qualifying for next season. And uh, 
you know, anything, anything else crazy that happens between, you know, Argentina and Brazil and how they're planning on uh, rectifying that. So um, the next international break will be next month, as I mentioned. Um, so this is crazy. Italy, they're on a 36 match unbeaten streak. Now they've had some draws, but they have not been beaten. 36 matches. That That's that's impressive. And they're the European champs. So they, they got to be the favorites, I would say, going into next year's World Cup. Obviously, we'll see. A lot can happen between now and then. Injuries, whatever, COVID, anything, anything is possible. Let's hope, hopefully, this time next year, you know, with two months in the lead up to the World Cup, we won't still be talking about COVID-19 in 2022. Let's hope. Unless there's like an Omega variant, which is definitely possible. Um, last piece of news that I got. So I remember when Arsene Banger left Arsenal. Uh, I think he took some time off talking about coaching and then he took a job for FIFA. And he mentioned in an interview the possibility of not only expanding the World Cup, but also looking at the possibility of staging the World Cup every two years. Now, that sounds like a great idea. Everybody would love to have the World Cup every two years. But from a fan standpoint, it's great. But looking at the players, that would be terrible. I already think that the players are playing a lot of games. Look at uh, Pedri from uh, from Spain. This dude played a full league season for Barcelona. Then he played in the Euros for Spain. And then he played in the Olympics for Spain. Yes, that was his choice. And then he decided not to take any time off, even though the coach wanted him to take some time um, after the Olympics ended. He played, he ended up playing like 60 something games in like less than 300 days or something like that. It was, it was some, some ungodly number. Um, now he's, he's definitely an exception, but imagine having the world cup every two years, right? So let's say next year and then the next, you know, in 2024. So they have the euros and you know, all the other continental championships in between that. I think it, it will dilute the game even if you add more teams i think that having it every four years is good if you add more teams it's going to be putting a lot of stress on players putting a lot of stress on on you know the individual leagues and the confederations um i as much as you know i'm a fan i love i love seeing games i hate when there's like a little bit of a lull or whatever but what i hate more than that is when players are injured and you know you have these big marquee matchups, whether it's at the, the club level or the, the international level, and you don't get to see the top players play, then what is the point? You know, I there's other things that I think that need to happen, like take the Premier League or, you know, England in general. I think they need to get rid of those replays for like the FA Cup. Like what what's the point of that? I get it that the you know some of the, the lower teams, you know, they need that money and you know it helps the community. So in that case, I think no matter what, the lower-seeded team that you're, that gets drawn should get to host a match. If it's about money like that, because yes, Liverpool is going to make money if they host matches, but they 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 host you know 17 matches at home anyway, plus Champions League, plus whatever. You know, let these tiny teams that are playing in the FA Cup host these matches because that that's boosting their community, but it's not hurting these bigger clubs. Chelsea doesn't need more money. You know, a team like Brent, Brentford, maybe, 
but they're in the Premier League. They just got a huge shot in the arm from getting promoted from the championship. You know, let some of these, let Macclesfield Town host Man City or, you know, let Ipswich host Chelsea or whatever. You know, let the lower seeded team host. Then you don't have to do these replay matches. You know, just go to penalties. Who cares if that it's, you know, what's worse? Having the players play extra time plus penalties potentially or having to play and add a whole nother game to the season just because that's the way that it's always been. It's new times. We need to we need to adjust, um, give these players, you know, more of a of a break. That way you can have schedules solidified so that, you know, let's say I'm a season ticket holder for whoever team and you know, I have I'm planning on going to this game that's supposed to be on this day at this time, and then now because my team has to play a replay in the FA Cup. I can't, I can't attend that match because they had to change the date and the time or whatever. That that doesn't happen in any other like industry. Like if I have a plan, you know, and I'm I'm hey I'm gonna go to dinner at this time, and then I show up and they're like, no, we changed your reservation because this person had to do this, so we had to make these adjustments. Just get rid of the replays. I don't think that happens in any other league anyway, but. Now, I'm, I'm kind of getting off from where where I was uh, where I was going. Doing a World Cup every two years too stressful. There's already too many games being played, too many competitions. Um, they need to figure out a way in England specifically because those, those players are playing League Cup, FA Cup, and their regular league. Plus, you know, some teams are playing Champions League, Europa League, and now the Conference League. I think they need to they need to scale it back. We don't need a World Cup every two years. We we just don't. That, you know, we got the, we got Nations League, you know, the World Cup every two years. It's just, it's too much. And I know a few sentences ago I said we shouldn't keep stuff just because that's the way we've been doing it. But we need to keep stuff the way that we are doing it because it, it works. Player injuries are a huge part of the game, but you don't want to force it and make it even more a part of the game. You know, so I don't know, that's, that's just my two cents. Who am I? I'm just a fan. So... Um, that's all I got for this week's show. I'm making a whole bunch of noise over here. All right. So, um, I know that I've been, it's been kind of a hectic last few months shows here and there, but, um, I'm back to working from home partially. So I will have shows out on a more regular basis. I have like a schedule set up now, um, to do this. So, um, yes, I am going on the road in a couple of weeks. Uh, actually I think it's the week after next, but, um, my plan is to still put out a show um, while I'm gone. That'll be next week, actually. Yeah. Um, still plan on putting on a show. The audio quality might be a little different because I probably will not bring my microphone. I'll probably just do it from my phone and upload it through my computer. Um, but that, that's how I'll do it, just so that I can maintain a uh, solid schedule and keep these, these episodes coming out regularly. But with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for sticking with me. Um, if you guys have any questions, comments, suggestions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter, uh, Instagram, or you can email me. Um, that's really all I got. Thank you guys for listening, and I will talk to you guys next week. All right, thanks. Bye.